Welcome to She Decided to Run Her Way, a podcast created for the aspiring female runner or one in the making who is ready to let go of the pressure to perform, quit chasing someone else's pace, and start embracing her own. My name is Pamela Otero, a certified running coach and personal trainer, and each week I'll be sharing practical running strategies and mindset shifts to help you do just that. So, if you're ready to run your way, then grab your running shoes, lace up, and listen in. Well, hello, hello, my running friends. I wanted to ask you a couple questions before we get started today. Does running ever feel hard for you? Do you ever struggle to keep up your pace? And have you ever wondered why that might be? Well, in today's episode, I wanted to chat with you about the reasons I truly believe that you're on the struggle bus with your running and why I think you just might be making your runs harder than they need to be. And so my hope is that by the end of this episode, you'll have four simple strategies at your fingertips to help you let go of the pool and start to run with the girl you brung. Now hang with me because you're probably going, what the heck are you talking about, Pamela? Well, I promise I will explain what those two things are here in a moment. But first, I wanted to start out with a story and I bet there, in one way or another, you can relate to this story in some way. So back in 2010, I had decided that I was going to sign up and complete three pretty hard races all in one year. And all of them were in my state of New Mexico. A couple of them were in Albuquerque, but they were the Vias Caldera Trail Half Marathon, the World's Toughest 10K, which was one of my dad's races he founded and organized, and then the La Luce Trail Run, which is a nine-mile point-to-point uphill trail run. Now, why would I intentionally set myself up for that race lineup? Why would I pick three pretty hard races to do all in one year? Well, that year was the year that I got divorced, and I had already completed the P.F. Chang's Rock and Roll Half Marathon in Phoenix. I'd mentioned a fun little story about that back in episode two, but normally I only sign up for a couple races each year. But in a very odd, twisted way, it was just something that I needed to do, and I think it was something that I thought would help get me through the year because I was going through my divorce. On top of the fact of sometimes us runners do crazy things, we just like to see, hey, what are we capable of? Can we do this? So I'm sure that was part of it too. But because I knew this this year was going to be pretty tough because of my um, divorce, I had signed up to do these three races. And little did I know that that year um, was going to turn into seven brutal years, but hey, That's a story for another time. And so each of these races had their own unique stories about them. And for those of you listening that have done running races, whether it's a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, ultra, you know, it doesn't matter the distance, you know that there's usually a story or there's usually something interesting that happens at every single race that you do, right? There's a story behind everything. But each of these races that year had their own unique stories. But this year, the La Luz Trail Run, um, 
this year, that particular race, you know, I wanted to talk with you about that today because it really aligns with the title of this episode that I've put together for you. And so I trained for this trail race, you know, I trained for all three of those races, but this particular trail race, it was a course that I had previously hiked many times and I'd run sections of it over the years. But when you sign up to do the Lalu's trail race, it's a lottery, so they only select 400 people. You really have to have a solid strategy when you take on this race. And you need that because it's pretty challenging and um, you want to really finish any race, but you want to really feel strong when you complete it. And so part of this strategy had a lot to do with the first two miles. And the first two miles of this nine mile trail race were on the road. So you had two miles of road going straight uphill, and then you had seven miles on the on the mountain switchback, some inclines, very, very little, if any, I don't think there were any downhill um, pieces. They were really gradual if they were. But you have two miles of road before you actually hit the trailhead to start running up the mountain. So the first two miles is usually where most runners screw up. That's where they go out too fast. They use up too much energy and then they hit the trailhead. They hit the mountain and they've just kind of just expended way too much energy than they should have on this two mile uphill part. So I had prepared. I knew mentally what I needed to do. I knew how I needed to do it. I knew what and when and all the things because I had prepared for it. And so that morning I was at the start of the race at the starting line. I was nervous, just like I get at every single race I do. And if you're anyone like me, I'm sure you can relate. You get those butterflies in your stomach. You're worried you're going to have to go to the bathroom right at the last minute before the the gun goes off at the start. Or you're worried you're just going to be the last person to finish the race. So these were all the things that were kind of circling through my head before the race started. So I'm walking around, staying loose. I had planned that I was going to walk the first five five minutes to just get warmed up and I was going to let everybody pass me. Something that I've learned to do over the years so that I don't get pulled by the crowd. And so I was there walking around and I ran into my friend Orlando, who I hadn't seen in years. And we get to talking, we start catching up. And then all of a sudden, I hear the race director announce the start of the race and Orlando is still talking. So we're both at the start of the race together, chatting away. I usually like to stay quiet. I have this whole routine. You know, I just kind of do my thing, but we're talking, he's talking. And remember, I told you that I had a plan, right? I had a strategy, but Orlando is still talking and running as the gun goes off and I'm running with him, which is not my plan because he's running constantly. And I do the running interval method. So I was planning on doing my five minute walk and then breaking into a shorter interval on the first two miles. And then I was going to adjust my interval once I hit the trailhead. So I had a plan. And the first two miles, like I said, they're straight uphill. They're at least 10 to 12% gray. They're pretty steep. And so he's running really, really fast. And I'm running with him, not at my pace, at his pace. And he's just one of those runners that is just naturally gifted, very graceful, very strong, who just, 
you know, it's like this mountain goat that just flies up the mountain side. And so I'm the exact, exact opposite of that. But this is where the pool comes in, the pool I mentioned earlier at the beginning of me chatting with you. And so as I'm, you know, running with him, I'm thinking to myself, why am I running at his pace? While I'm talking during the beginning of the race, when this is where most runners blow it. I was having these quick internal conversations in my head telling myself, Pamela, do your own thing. Say your good lucks and part ways. Just tell him that you're going to do your own thing and let him do his own thing. But for a full mile, a really, really fast mile, I might have you, I ran up this steep road talking with him, secretly dying inside struggling to keep up with his pace, his pace, not mine, until finally, finally, I mustered up the courage to speak up and to just let him know that I couldn't maintain his pace and I was going to do my intervals and I needed to find my groove. And so we thankfully parted ways and he took off flying up the rest of that road and I moved into my walk for a little bit, and then I started my intervals. And that pull I allowed at the beginning of the race, that pull of Orlando talking with me, Orlando doing his thing, and me being pulled to do his thing, not mine, allowed me or caused me, I should say, to struggle to find my groove for the rest of that race. And I had not prepared for that. That wasn't how I had trained and planned. So when I hit the last few hundred feet of this race and the Lalu's trail race, the last two to 300 feet, I believe it's a couple hundred feet, you actually have to climb these steep, steep stairs and then you go up and then you run through the finish line. And so when I hit the last few hundred feet of this race where you have to climb up the stairs to finish, my dad was there. He was there cheering runners on and passing out butterscotch candies. That was something that he did. Not sure why he chose butterscotch candies, but he did. Year after year, he would show up and he would specifically show up right there at the bottom of the stairs. And he had done this race many, 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 many years. And after he stopped running it personally, he liked to show up and just really support the other runners. So I hit the stairs. I see my dad there. He's cheering on runners, giving out butterscotch candies. And I'm struggling. And what I honestly thought was going to happen was he was going to see me and then he was just going to continue up the stairs with me and watch me run through the finish line. But that wasn't what he was planning to do. He was planning to still stay there and continue cheering on people. So I was struggling. And to be honest, I was a little emotional, a little crying, partly because this was the last of those three races I did that year that were hard partly because of all the emotions going through my divorce and really because I was just spent. My body was just exhausted and I really needed him 
to run with me to the finish line. So we had this quick conversation and I was like, aren't you going to run with me? Aren't you going to help me to the finish line? And he really wasn't going to. So I said a few harsh words out of, you know, fatigue and frustration and emotion. And my dad stopped handing out butterscotch candies and cheering on the other runners. And he understood he needed to help me finish that race and help me to the finish line, which he did. So I finished that race. It was brutal, um, but I was pulled. And this is why I tell this story. I was pulled at that starting line to not run with the girl I brung that morning. And I allowed other factors to totally shift what I had initially planned. And so I'm really curious have you ever experienced that pull? When it comes to your running, you know, maybe it wasn't necessarily because you were talking with someone at the start of a race like me, but have you ever signed up for a race and you're at the starting line and the gun goes off and everyone, including you starts running way too fast and you know, you need to slow down because that's not what you had planned, Um, but you're pulled, you're pulled by that crowd and partly because you're afraid of what people will think if you slow down or if you walk, you know, have you ever prepared for a race? You know, you did all the training, you had your game plan, your strategy, and then you get to the starting line. And for some crazy dumb reason, you throw everything out the window, including your running intervals, because the energy of the crowd kind of pulls you and you're worried about what people will think or spectators, what spectators will think if you take your recovery walk breaks or, you know, even something as simple as meeting friends for a training run and they're a bit faster than you. And instead of asking them to slow down, you continue along running at their pace. That's way too fast for you, not enjoying your run at all. And so those are perfect examples of being pulled. And I really want to tell you that you are not alone. So many runners feel that pull. And I too used to experience that same thing. But the reason I wanted to talk with you today about, you know, quit chasing somebody else's pace and start running with the girl you brung is because we need to know that running with the girl you brung is being really true to who we are and honoring where we are with our running. And so now, you know, for me as a runner, I run with the girl I brung and that girl is me. I trained with her I planned and strategized with her. I ran with her every single mile to get me to the starting line. And now when the goes when the gun goes off at the at a race start, the girl I brung, she walks. You know, I walk my 5-minute warm-up as everyone passes me. And oh, believe me, I feel that pull. I feel it. But I choose to run with the girl I brung because I know she'll get me exactly where I need to be. Which leads me to why I believe running might feel hard for you and why you might be struggling to keep up your pace and why you might be making 
running harder than it needs to be. And it's partly because of the pool. It's partly because you're chasing someone else's pace, not your own. And it's partly because you're not running with the girl you prong. So I want to encourage you today to make note of that pool. Notice when it's happening. It might be during a training run. It might be during a race. But I really want you to first notice it. And then I want you to start practicing letting it go. Letting it go at a starting line. Letting it go with the crowd. Letting it go with the spectators. And really deciding to muster up the courage and run with a girl you brung. She'll run your pace. She'll get you through those miles. You know, she'll get you across that finish line. And to help you stop struggling and to help make your runs um, easier and to help you quit chasing someone else's pace, I want to offer you four simple strategies that I really think you can start practicing today. And maybe it's just taking one of them and starting with that. And so the first is really beginning to speak up. When you go out for a training run or, you know, with a group of friends or with a friend, um, or even if you sign up for a race and you guys go to the starting line together, really start having the conversation about running at a pace that feels good for you. You know, it might mean that you help each other stay accountable to your runs by meeting at a specific place in time, and then you agree to do your own thing and you run your own pace. You run with a girl you brung. And so I really feel that if you start having the courage to say what you're planning to do with confidence, although in the beginning, I know it might be hard, it will then give other people around you the permission to do the same. And I can bet you that many of your running friends, many of those people around you are feeling the exact same way that you are. And so that is the first strategy is really just start the conversations with you know, friends of yours that you run with and um, just speak up and just say, hey, I'm going to run with a girl I brung. And so they will start to understand what that means. Now, the second strategy is that I want you to try to connect with your breath and let, let that dictate your pace. Okay. So to let go of that pull that you might feel inside Start shifting where you're relying on your breath to dictate how fast your pace should be or how relaxed your pace should be. And so when you're running, if your breath feels controlled, if it feels relaxed, you're probably running at a pace that's really good for you. When you notice yourself struggling to catch your breath, you're probably running too fast and you need to relax your pace and get your breathing under control. A lot of times, you know, when we get started with our warm up, after you do your walk and you start kind of getting into your running groove, you know, your breath does feel a little pressured because you're just trying to find that breathing rhythm. And so maybe after 10 to 15 minutes, check in with your breathing and make note of where you're at. If it's still out of control, if it still feels pressured, then you're probably running too fast. And that's a sign of the pool. You're being pulled for some reason to run faster than you should be running at that at that moment. So connect with your breath, use your breath as a way 
to help you dictate your pace and make sure your breathing is controlled and relaxed. And that's going to help you manage that pull and run with the girl you brung. Now, the third suggestion is actually really, really simple. Um, I'm just going to ask you to practice leaving your smartwatch at home. And I'm a fan of a smartwatch. I do like to track certain things, but I think it's also really good periodic to, periodically to just leave your smartwatch at home. You know, download an interval timer app to your phone because I do think it's helpful to have your phone with you for safety reasons when you run. And use an interval timer app on your phone um, during your runs instead of constantly being tethered to your performance metrics like pace on your smartwatch. I just think we spend way too much time on our runs, you know, judging ourselves every time we look down at our watch and we look at our pace and these split conversations, split seconds in our mind we have in our head, you know, criticizing and judging ourselves because we're not running fast enough. And so I really want you to think of that as a sign of this pull creeping in. And I would love it if you would periodically leave your watch at home and let go of that pull to run faster or to maintain a specific pace. Just feel good when you're running. And again, go back to that breath. Let your breath dictate your pace, not your smartwatch. And so lastly, the fourth strategy I'd love for you to practice. If you are someone that plans to sign up and do a race, I really would encourage you to walk the first five minutes at the starting line, right when the gun goes off. It really takes a lot of courage and it's going to be very hard because you're going to feel that pull and you're going to feel and obviously experience everybody running past you. But I promise it will help you over time to let go of that pull and be really proud to run with the girl you brung. And the other benefit of doing that is most of those people are going out way too fast because I've been there. You've probably been there too. And by doing your five minute walk, you will eventually be passing those people that went out way too fast at the beginning of the race and you will be passing them down the miles ahead. So to wrap things up today, I'm really going to ask you to do me a favor, and I really would love it if you would share this episode with four people who you think could use it. Now, why four people? Well, I just gave you four strategies, so why not share it with four people and um, let them know, share this episode with them, because I strongly believe that in order for running to not feel like such a struggle or feel so hard, we really need to start letting go of the pool. We need to run with the girl we brung. We need to start embracing our own pace. And we really need to quit running after somebody else's pace. Embrace your own, quit chasing somebody else's pace and really run with the girl you brung. So I really appreciate you joining me today on this episode. I hope that you will go out and implement one, two, three, four of these strategies with your running. And until next week, my friend, I would love it if you would go grab your running shoes, lace up, and go enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>